Welcome to Enjoy an Encounter. We are bringing the God of the impossible into our relationships this day. It might be a spouse, parent, child, or friend, but this episode is dedicated to my daughter in love, Ashley, who encouraged me to share from a heart of experience. Let's invite God in. Lord, we pray for hearts to love as you love. We realize this is not easy, but with the God of the impossible working in and through us, then it is possible. We invite you into this time of sharing and prayer to do what you would have us do. We invite you into all our relationships in whatever way is needed, peace, boldness, caring, giving, strength, but most of all, loving your way. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things that my dear Ashley asked that I share was a valuable lesson or experience from relationships. That came easily to mind and holds true for any relationship. Let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. Let him lead and guide and convict. It's not our job. Listen to when he says to be quiet or speak up, to be still or go forward. 98% of the time, my directive was to close my mouth. I remember when I outright disobeyed because I really wanted to be heard. I felt like I imagined Peter must have when he betrayed Christ. It's that moment that you are fully aware that you choose yourself over God. And it was devastatingly painful to realize how quickly I can say I love my God with all my heart and soul and mind. And yet when I'm asked to obey, just throw him under the bus so that my rights are understood. I wept and wept because I felt it more important to be heard and have my say than be still and walk away and let the Holy Spirit, Spirit speak and do what he needed to do. So be led by the Spirit. She then asked if I'd share a favorite scripture. I have many, but for relationships, one that is key is love rejoices in the truth from 1 Corinthians thirteen six. In most disagreements, we tend to think we are right, hence the disagreement. One day after a big argument and being in my room alone, I was telling God how I should have been treated, and I felt him ask me, are you going to ask me? Do you want to know how I saw that whole episode? When reality TV started coming out, I used to say I wished we had cameras in the house so things could be seen and then viewed later and understood differently. God had an even better solution, his eyes on it all and his offer to show me truth. But even when the truth meant that I was right and the other person was wrong, God's solution required that I give it to him. Surrender my right to be right, knowing God saw and felt for me. But God also wanted and knows what's best for the other person and how to diffuse anger and respond instead of react to injustice. C.S. Lewis reminds us, love is not affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. We tend to forget that truth when we feel wounded by another. Ashley then asked for a practical piece of advice, a favorite idea and thing to do. My idea for that is getting out of a vegetative state. Make the memories. Something that doesn't need to be hard, but sometimes it requires planning. And don't wait for the other person to plan. Just do it. If the person you really want to do things with won't, then find a friend while you pray for that person's heart to be drawn to spend time with you. Take a cooking class at Superstore. It's inexpensive but fun and useful. Simple things like a walk by the water, a nice drive, or a meal out. The odd time, do something a bit more adventurous like drive the two or three hours it takes to get to Scandinavian Spa 
Or if you're driving to visit a far relative, make a whole day of it or an extra day of it. Stop at things along the way like a marina or if you're passing a nice town with a little buggy ride, stop and do that. Stop at fruit stands or have a roadside picnic and make the whole trip the destination, not just your point of contact. The whole trip can be the memory. Next was a biggie, conflict resolution tip. Biblically, that's easy. Forgive and don't let the sun go down on your wrath. But that's only possible if we get our hurt and pride out of the way. Again, C.S. Lewis said it correctly. Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until he has something to forgive. Often I would have to say out loud, Lord, I forgive them and myself for taking offense. I still feel hurt and offended, but I'm giving it to you out of obedience. Help me make it right so I can honor your word above my own feelings. The Bible talks about how we can cast down every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That can be and often is our own will, not just stuff that Satan throws at us. I remember a story from the book Final Quest. I read it years ago, but it was such a painful lesson that I'll never forget it. The author was in heaven, walking with wisdom and viewing different scenes on earth. Wisdom showed him two scenes. One was a vagrant on the street who stopped himself from kicking a stray cat. The second was a Christian man who was loving his family and serving in church. And at that moment, wisdom said, who is loving God more right now? The man said, why the godly man? Wisdom shook his head, no. It was the homeless man because it took 100% of the 0% love he'd never been shown not to kick the cat. Well, the Christian only needed 70% of the 100% of love that he'd always known. That made me angry because I was that Christian. I stewed in my pain until I realized, wait a second, the God I serve doesn't hold it over my head that I had a good upbringing and I'm serving in the church. So I had to reconsider. I'm looking at this through a lens of pain and anger. How do you want me to look at this God? And what question do you want me to ask? For a brief time, I had missed the lesson. God was showing me an opportunity to love him more through forgiving readily, according to his word and his way. Oh, when he said that, my flesh screamed. Ugh, is there a plan B? I'll take plan B. What you're asking is far too hard. To which he responded, Hard, but not impossible. If you do it my way, you will at least see results from your pain. The ask can be a hard task, but if you do it your way, you're stewing in your pain about it all night or all week, but you gain nothing. Be sure to remember the one you reconcile with might not reciprocate, but that's got to be okay because you're doing it for God and his principles, not necessarily the other person. And lastly, she asked an equally difficult question. What communication tip would I offer? You might want a pen and paper for this barrage of thoughts that have taken 53 years to acquire. Any counselor will tell you that this is one of the biggest areas in any relationship. To quote an analogy that I heard at seminars over the years, our differences as men and women in general keep us from understanding properly. Girls see pink and boys see blue. Women are spaghetti and men are waffles with different boxes. And one of their boxes is a nothing box. Women don't have a nothing piece of spaghetti. It doesn't exist, so we have zero frame of reference. Hence, our difficulties. So for anything, but especially communication, if it's possible, pray together before embarking on any difficult conversations. If not together, then at least alone before you share your heart with another person. 
And this seems obvious, but in order to communicate, you must speak your thoughts out loud. Nobody can read minds or body language. It's not a guessing game and you can't get upset at the other person if you haven't actually voiced your thoughts and feelings. Not loud and screaming, a calm voice, voice, but be heard. An essential key in all of this is to make sure it's understood that communication needs to be a safe place. No put-downs, belittling, justifying, or excusing. If you find yourself starting to make excuses before the person has even finished speaking, you aren't really listening. If one person makes the other feel small, then it needs to be made clear that you don't feel safe. And if the other person makes you feel small, even in sharing this feeling, walk away. Get a third party to be a coach or facilitator. If you need that for a few weeks or months, whatever, it needs to happen in order for there to be a change in the atmosphere. If they won't get a facilitator, then pray about next steps. A pastor once gave me a very sound piece of advice. When very ungodly, unhealthy things were taking place, pray and believe for the best, plan for the worst. It seems like a contradiction, but it was wisdom. If safe conversation can occur, then choose a good time to do it. Be careful about the voice that you're choosing to speak it in. You may want to use an analogy or word picture to describe your feelings and make it about you, not about them and what they're doing wrong, but about your feelings. If you can say three simple phrases and get good at these phrases, it will actually build healthy, respectful communication with a spouse, children, friends, whatever. What I'm hearing you say is, this will clarify to the other person what you are hearing and often it's wrong, hence why there's a lack of communication and hence why boys see blue and girls see pink. Second question, what is the most important thing you need to have happen to correct this? And third question, I will commit to do this to change it. If both sides can commit to those three tools to communicate, then respect and love will thrive because you're giving each other a voice and letting them know that they are valuable and worth working toward mutually respective solutions. If it's not done and counseling is not an option, then prayer that God will deal with their hearts with mercy and love and grace to want to care and work on it. Prayer gets much done that we cannot do. So with that, we appeal to our God of the impossible. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for hearing our conversation. We thank you for leading us to know you. Thank you that though you are God of all creation, you care even about the little things in our lives, but especially about relationships because you made us to need one another. Thank you that you are Lord over what is cruelly being done to your people right now in keeping us away from those that we love. As a God of justice, we release your justice and ask you to lend down your gavel and call a halt to all ungodly behaviors in all relationships, in homes and governments. Release your truth, your hope, your joy and peace, as well as your retribution and justice. Sometimes we can feel so alone, especially right now. We give these feelings to you, our God. We thank you that you are the God of relationship and you long for a relationship with us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for wanting to talk to us. We pray that we would love you better first of all. And in loving you better, we will love others better. We remember that in the Psalms, the same questions were asked. Does the Most High know? Does he see? When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Sometimes loving is difficult and it can grieve our hearts or embitter our spirits, but you are always with us. You hold us by my right hand. 
You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into your glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and our portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for us, it is good to be near God. He is the one who leads us in love and to be his love extended and to love his way. We make the sovereign Lord our refuge. We will tell of your deeds, even through our actions of loving one another, of serving and giving in all areas. We exalt you over all our relationships, trusting that your Holy Spirit, as our guide, counsel, and helper, will lead us to love God's way, to lift up God over the atmospheres in our homes, our work, and all the places that we walk into. As we spend time in your presence, we are carriers of your love and hope and peace and ways. So we exalt you over our feelings and invite you to help us forgive because Colossians 3.13 instructs us to make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We invite you to help us communicate trust and love. We give you not just this day, but week and year, and ask that you would draw us to to long to know you and to love you over and above all else, to put you above ourselves, our spouse, our children, our grandchildren. You're God and there's no other like you. We love you and we thank you for your love and sacrifice for being our God. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining to share about healthy love and respect for each other. Next week, we'll learn about respecting ourselves please subscribe on Spotify, Google, or Apple at enjoyandencounter.com. May you be blessed to know your God's love and to be able to share it the way he desires. Have a great week.